0: Good morning, everybody. I've, man, Good morning. I'm anointed because I'm loud. <laughs> anyway, we're glad you're all here and glad those of uh, you were here online with us as well. Um, I know God's just presence is strong in this place. It's amazing what God is doing. And uh, I'm believing for miracles to happen today in this place. Okay, we're going to be turning to 1 Corinthians 13, Matthew 13, and Numbers 12, several other scriptures. But 1st I just take a moment, because we can oftentimes take for granted where we're at and forget about those who are going through some tough times. So we want to play, pray for the Ukraine people right now. So would you just lift your uh, hands towards the Lord. Father, we lift up the Ukrainian people to you right now. We thank you, Lord that there are many believers in that country. And we ask you now, Lord, to come and sustain them, save them, deliver them. And thank you for the missionaries that have been sent there that refuse to leave That said, I'm going to be here for the people. Thank you for the miracles you've already done. And we ask, God, you will continue. And no matter what man's agenda is, we pray your agenda will come through. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody said, Amen. Okay. Also, next Sunday, equip class, March sixth is the beginning one oh one. It's in the first service. So I want to encourage you to sign up for that. If you want to know what we're about, if you want to know what you're about, and you want to know where we're going to serve in this in this church, uh, equip is where you need to go. Okay. And I want to encourage all of us to sign up. We're we're doing a workshop called Be With Jesus. That's our theme for this year, how many know being with Jesus can change everything? So we have a special workshop from 9 to 12 on March 26th, uh, and uh, we have Mark and Sue Jones with us, and you guys, if you've not heard them, uh, they are a treat, but Mark Jones, if anybody can tell you how being with Jesus will change your life, he can, so I want to encourage you to be here March 26th, and uh, there's a Continental Breakfast, Child Care will be available as well. But you need to RSVP by calling the church or uh, signing up at the Connection Center. Okay, Uh, and then next service, uh, Fresh Start. There's a great class for everyone there if you want to grow in your faith, and it's called Battle Zones. So that might be a good one for you if you want to grow in the Lord in that area. Okay, we started a, a new series a few weeks ago called A World Looking for Love, And last week, we talked about how to build a house of honor and how love is really building a house of honor. And this week, I want to continue on honor and talk to you how to build a spirit of honor that needs to be in every house and every church if we want God's miracles in our lives. So let's lift up our Bibles, smartphones, iPads, whatever you have your Bible on, and let's make our prayer declaration together. Say this with me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. This book is alive and it's powerful. I read other books, but this is the only book that reads me. There are many opinions, but this is the only opinion that counts. Today, I declare by faith, I can do all that says I can do. I can be all that says I can be, and I can have All it says I can have. Today, I ask the Lord Jesus, the living word, to take his written word and personalize it from my life so I can leave you changed by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, like I said earlier, today I want to talk to you about the spirit of honor. And I'm convinced if you and I don't have the spirit of honor in our lives... It can limit God's power in our personal lives, in our homes, and in our churches. Now, many uh, that are in their 50s on up grew up in a time where we were forced to show honor. We, we were taught to show honor by the way we addressed our neighbors. We called them Mr. and Mrs. It was never, hey, Doug, how you doing? It was Mr. and Mrs. and their last name. We were taught to respect people's property. We were taught to call our coaches and teachers by Mr. and Mrs. We were taught to address policemen and firemen as sir and ma'am. That's not a Southern thing. That is a God thing. We were taught to honor our parents and our grandparents. We were taught to honor people because of the position or title they were holding, not because of who they were but because of what position they held last week we started with this verse in first corinthians 13 5a it says it love does not dishonor others and we said that the word dishonor means uh, it's atmos in the greek and it means to treat as common or ordinary to make a person less than they really are so we mentioned this story last week where Jesus did miracles in one city, and then he proceeded to go to his hometown, and this is what it says after he taught there and wanted to do miracles for them. Matthew 13, verses 57 and 58, it says, and they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Then Jesus told them, a prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his own family. And so he did only a few miracles, probably healed a few people from fevers and so forth. And there, a few miracles there because of their unbelief, because of their unbelief or their dishonor. If you read in Matthew 12, you'll see that Jesus went to Capernaum and it says he healed them all. But he goes into his hometown and he can't do much there because he wasn't given honor. So write this down. Dishonor shut down or shut Jesus down. I want you to hear this. Dishonor shuts Jesus down. By the way, it shuts your spouse down. It shuts your kids down. It shuts your friends down and your coworkers down. Dishonor shut Jesus down and just dishonor will shut people down. So dishonor closes you off to whatever the people God has put in your life. Whatever they have, it closes them off. In this case, dishonor closed off Nazareth from the miraculous power of Jesus. I don't want that to happen in Grace Harbor. I want us to build a culture of honor. Now, it doesn't say he didn't want to do any miracles, but it says he could only do a few miracles because of their unbelief or dishonor towards him. I don't know about you, but that just blows me away. They made Jesus common and ordinary and less than he was, and as a result, he cut his power off from their city, and dishonor cuts off God's love. Now, there's a story in Numbers 12. Uh, you can turn there if you want, but it's, it's about Miriam and Aaron and Moses. They were siblings. Jochebed was their mother. Their mom was a phenomenal woman of God. She raised up the first prophet, which was Moses. She raised up the first worship leader, which was Miriam. And she raised up the first high priest, which was Aaron. She had quite a culture of honoring God in their home. But the story tells us that Moses was elevated, elevated above his siblings and more humble. I want you to hear this. Even though he was elevated, he was more humble then, all not only as family, but then everybody on the face of the earth, can you imagine if God could say, "Oh yeah, I know doug he 's the most humble person on the face of the earth." And you guys would go, "You don 't know Doug." <laughs> well, Moses decided to marry an Ethiopian woman. she was of a different nationality and a different skin color, and the siblings didn 't like it, so they had a falling out. So Miriam and Aaron started murmuring against Moses leadership and his wife. Now, let me demonstrate this. Come on up here, Cameron. Lois, come on up here. Now, here's what I want you to see. These two are facing each other, and you're bad-mouthing me. And the Bible says that God was standing right there and heard everything they said. I want you to hear this. So, Cameron, Lois, God hears it when you talk bad about me. Now sit down. So, it tells us the Lord heard their dishonoring of Moses. Now, I don't know about you, but that blows my mind that God heard them down, uh, talking down about Moses, which was God's friend. I just want us to know that God hears the spirit of dishonor in our lives. You need to know when people take on a spirit of dishonor, they begin to lose their passion for the Lord. This spirit causes them to no longer receive what God has for them through that person that God put in their lives to lead and feed them. They become like a car that's run out of gas. They sit in church, but they say things like this. I'm just not being fed. That Pastor Doug has nothing good to say. It feels dead in here. I just want you to know, if you felt dead in here this morning... Something's not right. Nobody can sing them into happy, even though everyone around them is happy. And it's all because they are empty and their heart is drained from a spirit of dishonor. So the Lord heard it. And this is the part of the story that got me. The Lord tells Moses to tell his sister and brother, just meet me at the tent door where we gather. In other words, this, this is kind of a, uh, an interesting thing because uh, this is the only time where God is not behind the veil in the inner or most holy of holies. God says, I'm coming out from the holy of holies through the inner corner, and I'm going to be right there at the door. It's the only time he ever does it. But on this day, God's so upset for them dishonoring the one that he had raised up that it tells us... He told them to meet him at the door of the tent. And he was saying, I'm not waiting for you to come and see me through the high priest. I'm coming to see you. So they all three go to the door of the tabernacle, and God comes down in a cloud. So let's say this is a door. God's there in the cloud. He goes, Miriam, come here. Aaron, come here. Moses hangs back. They come. And as they do that, I, I just want you to know, I think this bothered God so much because he was thinking, I'm not about to let the same spirit that got in Lucifer, that dishonored me in heaven, get into my first church down on the earth. So God was telling him and us, I'm a God who believes in honor. So God meets them at the door, and, and I'm paraphrasing this, but this is what he was saying. Who do you think you are? I talk to my prophets in dreams and visions, but it tells us in verse eight, but I talk to your brother face to face. I talk talk with people in riddles, but not him. I speak to him, he knows the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant? And basically he's saying, I handpicked your brother. He's more humble than anyone on the face of the earth and you aren't afraid to speak against him? Then it tells us the anger of the Lord burned against them, and the Lord left them, and when he did, he left a little present for Miriam called leprosy. Her skin turned white as snow. So Aaron turns to Moses and says, please forgive us. We didn't know what we were doing. Please have mercy. Don't let our sister die. And here's the thing about Moses. He doesn't, See, seems some of us would have went, because we're mean. <laughs> well, serves her right. She can just go ahead and get her leprosy. That's fine with me. But not Moses. He had a right spirit of humility. And he, in verse 14, it says this. He said, God, please heal my sister. And so in verse 14, it says, if she, if she had just, dis- this is what God says. If she had dishonored her father, he would have spit it in her face. Would she not have been dis- been in disgrace for seven days? So I just decided to leave her leprosy, confine her outside the camp for seven days, and after that, she can be brought back. So Miriam was confined outside the camp for seven days, and the people did not move on till she was brought back. I. I- I know this sounds I know some of you are going, well, that's Old Testament. I just want you to know honor and dishonor are in both Old and New Testaments. You don't mess with God, and you don't. I know I'm gonna get into a few things here, but let me just say this. A couple of things about leprosy. It brings isolation. When you begin to dishonor the ones that God's put in your life, whether you like their personality or not, or you don't like the way they lead, if they're not sinning, you better say, God. If you put them in my life, I don't want to dishonor them. Right, come on. I want to get what you've called for them to put in my life. Yeah. Because when you isolate, you quit going to church. Right. Number two, you lose your ability to feel. With leprosy, your nerve endings begin to deteriorate and you will pick up something that's hot, uh, like you smell chocolate chip cookies in the oven. <laughs> and you just open up the door, reach in, and grab the cookies because you can't feel anymore, and the very thing you want just brought pain in in your life. So the good news is, here's what we can do. We can pray for those folks just like Moses did, and guess what? His sister and his brother were restored to serve God, all right? Now, Romans 12.10 says, Honor one another above yourselves. Here's the definition of honor, we gave it last week. It's the Greek word tima, it looks like time. It means to value, respect, or highly esteem. To treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. So it means everything they say and everything they do carries great weight and value like like a gold bar in your life. Now, let me give you a big key when it comes to honoring, you need to hear this, you need to remember this, and you can write this down. Everyone God uses is flawed. Everyone. And I'm, a blo- I'm blown away at who God uses, including myself. Week after week, I tell God, I don't know why you keep using me to lead and speak to this church. There are so many more eloquent speakers. So many better-looking speakers. Well, that's iffy, but you know. Just, just kidding. Smarter and more educated speakers. And I like the way the apostle Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 1. I don't know what, he, what, what the Corinthian church did to him. Maybe they didn't give him a very good offering. I don't know. But this is what he writes. Brothers and sisters, talking to the church, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. In other words, you're not very smart. Not many of you, not many were influential or good-looking or talented. That's what he's saying. And not many of you were of noble birth or of wealth. But listen, this is what he says. I want you to hear this. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. God chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Listen, I know I'm only here by the grace of God. I was chosen in a restaurant to be on staff at this church when no one else was employed or everyone else was employed. And this, this pastor says to me, Well, Doug, you must be the guy. You're the only one here that doesn't have a job. You want to come on staff. That's how I got into ministry. There's nothing to brag about there, folks. But in spite of their flaws, God wants us to honor people he brings into our lives. And know this, if God can use them, he can use you. So who are we supposed to honor? Number one, write this down. Honor others. That means every. Person God brings in your life. Look at Romans twelve ten, be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another. This is talking about honoring other church, uh, other Christians. First Peter two seventeen, honor everyone. Does that mean uh, you have to agree with them? No, but it means you hold them up in value. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Now when he wrote this, when Peter wrote this, he said honor the emperor. He was talking about Nero who was killing Christians for sport. And he said, God put him there. We need to honor him. And yet he so he writes that. Look at this next verse, 1 Peter 2.17. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. I like to pick and choose. Philippians 2, 3-4, through 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each one of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. That's why we try our best to serve our community with back-to-school marketplace, why we do our city kids camp, why we do trunk or treat and serve others with food. Those who have been blessed should bless others all right so that's what we we try to treat people with dignity now here's the next one this is a tough one for a lot of people these days honor authority (laughs) come on romans 13 1 through 2 thanks for that one hand clap i appreciate it let everyone be subject to the governing authorities For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Now, I don't know about you, but I was convicted when I read this. But I want you to know this. It does not mean you agree with them, but it does mean this. God works through them no matter what they believe. And when we honor them, God can work through us too. So it goes on to say, Consequently, Whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted and those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. When I read this this week, I said, God, please forgive me because yeah. I've done a lot of thinking that hasn't been all that good, all right? And these are four governing authorities they are on your notes that are over our lives. Governmental authority, that's the president All the way down to mayors and city council people. And whether you like the person or not, you should be praying for God's wisdom and direction on their lives every day. And be aware of God's, let them pray that God, God will help them be aware of his presence, his power, his protection, and his guidance on their lives. And no matter what you think, God is greater than our president. God is greater than our Senate, greater than our Congress, greater than our Supreme Court. We serve a God who can change the steps and the direction of the king. So we need to pray for our first responders. By the way, I want you to know, we believe in honoring our police officers, our fire uh, officers, our sheriffs and our deputies. We honor our military and our mayors and so forth. We honor our folks that God put over us. We, uh, you need to honor those who uh, are at work and school authorities. This is where most people spend their day, uh, daytime hours. So we all need to pray for our bosses, superintendents, school boards, principals, teachers, coaches, and so forth. Again, you don't have to agree with them, but you need to speak respectfully of them and pray for them. Family authority. This is your spouse and parents. We'll talk about that, more of that in a minute. Spiritual authority. Those, these are those who serve you in the Lord. Specifically, uh, I'm going to leave myself out of this, but you should honor Pastor Lois. You should honor the Hargroves and the lefts. And many others who lead small groups, fresh start, equipped classes, those who teach our children and our youth. It also would be those who serve as greeters, ushers, and, and, and in the coffee ministry, the baristas, also the parking lot attendants, the APE folks, and our worship team who gets there four hours before we do every Sunday. Look at this verse, 1 Timothy 5:17. The elders who direct the affairs of the church uh, well... Are, worth, uh, are worthy of double honor, especially those who work, whose work is preaching and teaching. Uh, c- can we just give some honor to our dream team for those who serve? Okay, here's another area. Honor parents. Honor parents. Some of you are going like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to honor that man, that woman, but I'm telling you, I'm not saying you have to like them. I'm just telling you need to hold them up and value. If for nothing else, you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. That's just a thought. Look at these verses. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. Now, that's so important. That's the only one with a promise, by the way. And if it wasn't for my parents, I wouldn't be serving God today. My parents made lots of mistakes, but they both, allowed, they both allowed me to be their pastor. My mom and my dad for 15 to 20 years never missed me preaching and serving God. They, they loved Lois and I over and over again with their love and encouragement. Here's the next one. Honor marriage. At this church, we want to honor the institution of marriage. I wish I had more time to spend on this because love is a commitment, not a feeling. That's right. Come on. It's not where you bail at the first sign of some conflict and, oh, you don't make me feel any good anymore. I'm out of here. When you have no feelings and love for that person, that's when you dig in stronger. We need to fight harder for the institution a marriage where God said one man and one woman for life. Be mad at me all you want, <laughs> no, but I'm preaching the word. <laughs> Hebrews 13:4. Marriage should be honored by all, and the marriage bed kept pure or protected, for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexual sexually immoral. Aren't you glad for God's forgiveness? And Peter takes it up another level when he says this. In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Now, some of you husbands, saying, did I have to pick this Sunday to come to church? <laughs> no, it's good. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. I don't think most marriages understand that the way you honor or dishonor your spouse determines if your prayers are answered or not. And if your prayers aren't being answered, you might want to go check out how you're treating your spouse. Remember, now listen to me. Remember You prayed for God to give you this hunk and this beauty. And you got what you deserved. (laughs) Now treat them like you want them to treat you. Men, try it today. When you leave here this morning, go out to the parking lot, go around to the passenger side and open her door. And after she's passed out, pick her up. And I'll break into the car and tell her you love her, all right? right, Okay, here's the next one. Honor age. That would be me. That would be my wife. That's the elderly. I know. Lois is going, are we there? Yeah, we've been there for quite a while. Leviticus 19, 32. Rise in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God, I am the Lord. Do you know how, uh, how many of you are 16 over? Just raise your hands, come on. Look around, young people. Find somebody to honor. When they walk in your presence, you stand up and say, what can I do for you? When I was growing up, my parents taught us to say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am to others, and to our grandparents when they told us to do something. That is not just, like I said earlier, it's not a southern thing, it's a God thing. The book of Job says it this way, Job 12, 12. Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? If, if you know someone uh, that you're thinking, you know, my grandparents don't even know how to use an iPhone. Well, here's what you need to know. That's all you know how to use. Come on. So you just might want to sit them down and ask them to tell you their story because there's far more to it than you realize. All of you young people should be in a small group where there's somebody that's older, that we're at least a couple of decades older, and just ask them lots of questions about life. Trust me. We are smarter than you think. Right. Right. All right. Moving on. Number six, honor nature. Yeah, that's so good. Everything God has created, he values, and he made us stewards over it. That's why we don't litter. Yeah, come on. And listen, by the way, you should be picking up other people's trash. That's right. yeah. If you live in Aberdeen, Hoquem, Montesano, wherever you live, Cosmopolis, and you see trash all over in the streets and the alleys, take some walks, take a plastic sack with you, and start picking up trash. That's honoring what God gave us. Look at Genesis 128. Bless them, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over, that means to manage well, the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. By the way, it says to manage it well, not to worship it. There's a big difference. So we honor what God has put in our hands, and we take care of it well. And finally, honor God. That should have been first, but I saved it for last because this is actually what we should do first. We should love God above everything else so we can love the people he puts in our lives. Listen, I come to church every week before I was ever a pastor because I want to honor God. On, so good. I want to get some of God's love and I want God to know this. This is the first day of the week, so I'm going to give you my first day. Mom. Mom. I'm here not because it gets me to heaven. I'm here so I can draw closer to the presence of God. Right. And I'm saying to God, I honor you. And I want you to know when God sees you here worshiping him, it makes him want to honor you. Malachi chapter 1 verse 6 says, a son honors his father and a slave his master. And this is what God says. If I'm a father, where is the honor due me? If I'm a master, where is the respect due me? Says the Lord Almighty. So So we honor God. We love him first above everything else. Okay, and then, how do we honor? Write this down, we honor others by putting them first. That's where you go, no, you first. And they go, no, you first. No, you first. So when you get out to the coffee stand this morning and you're wanting your coffee, no, you first. (laughs) And Lord knows you'll probably get an elderly person that you just said, you first, and they're going, what in the world do I do? And then you help them push the right button or whatever and do that, okay? Proverbs 3, 9 says this. It says, honor the Lord with your wealth. And by the way, your wealth is not just your money. It is everything you possess. It's your time. It's your talents. It's your energy. And it's the first fruits of all your increase. Uh, When you honor God with everything you own, You're honoring God because you're telling God, thank you. I honor you because I wouldn't have any of this if it wasn't for you. Look at this same verse in the message. Honor God with everything you own. Give him the first and the best. Don't ever complain about giving to God. I mean, he's so awesome. So give him your body, give him your soul, give him your spirit first above everything else. Number two, we honor by our words. You and I cannot honor people and tear them down with our mouths. I think in the last couple years, we've all had to work at this, but we all need to be careful what we say about people to their face and behind their backs. People need to know, like one kid said, I said this a couple weeks, people need to know their name is safe in your mouth. James 3, 9 and 10. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. If anybody should ever feel safe, it should be in the church. Okay? Ephesians four twenty nine and 30. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only that, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. When we badmouth others, not only are we hurting them, but we're grieving the Holy Spirit. And here's the last one we honor by protecting. Anything you honor, you value. And anything you value, you protect. When something is worth a lot of money, you protect it. John seven eighteen says, he who speaks of his own does not, does so uh, to gain honor, to gain honor for himself. But he who works for the honor of the one who sent him is a man of truth. There is nothing false about him. So we honor God by the words we speak and we protect others by the words we speak. Now, A lot of you know the story of Babe Ruth. How many know who Babe Ruth is? If anybody knows baseball at all, you would know he was was considered to be the greatest home run hitter of all time. And he's still considered the greatest, really, player of all time. He was called the Great Bambino. And a lot of people don't know this, but Babe Ruth signed thousands of baseballs, but, he only signed 7 bats. And you have one of them. And I have one of them. Just kidding. <laughs> I wish this I wish this was I got it down a big 5. <laughs> Anyways, there's only 7 bats that were signed and one was missing for forever it seemed like. Nobody knew where the seventh bat was. And there was an older man who had it. And he was on his deathbed, and he had no living relatives to pass it on to. He was being cared for by a nurse named Marcia. So as he was dying, he decided to give this autographed bat to this nurse who had cared for him for months. Well, she didn't know what she had in her possession, So she put it under her bed for 18 years. In 2006, she retired from nursing, and she had a dream of opening a restaurant. She didn't have the money to do it, but she thought, I wonder if that bat is worth anything. So she took it to a memorabilia store, and the owner was shocked that this was the seventh bat that everyone had been looking for the, the home run bat by, signed by Babe Ruth. He said, ma'am, you have no idea what you're holding in your hands. So she put it up for auction. And it sold for almost $1.3 million. Why? Because of the name on it. Without the name, it was only worth $39.99. <laughs> but with a name on it, it had great value. She took the money, she started a restaurant, but she had so much left over, she donated what was left to a foundation that Babe Ruth loved. And she said this I think this is on the screen. The bat was only valuable because Babe Ruth's name was on it. Since he made it valuable, the only reasonable thing I could do was something that would honor his life. Now I want you to hear this. Why do we honor people? Because God's name's on them. I honor you today because I see God's name written all over you. So let's stand. I'm gonna close with two things. Will you allow Jesus to put his name on your life this morning maybe you walked in and said I never thought of his name on my life listen honor all starts by you honoring him putting his name on your life by saying you know what it's time for me to give my life to Christ I want you to know you're so valuable that he bled he died on a cross and he rose again from the dead to put his name on your life and to do miracles among your life and if that's you every every head bowed every eye closed maybe that's you this morning you need to give your life to Christ you've waited maybe for years and you know you're not here by accident and today's your day and God's saying to you if you will honor me as your Savior I'll come in and write my name on your heart and if that's you would you just raise your hand right now say that's me I need Jesus in my life raise him high don't be ashamed don't be afraid raise him high say that's me I need Jesus in my life thank you I see that hand Anyone else, thank you, I see that one there. Anyone else, raise them all. thank you, I see that one there. I see that one there. Anyone else, at least four, five. I love it. I feel like I'm at an auction right now. I love five, it seems like every week we've been getting five saved, that's the number of grace. Okay, here's what we can do here. Everybody say this prayer together by faith. Father God, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son Jesus to die in my place I ask you Jesus to forgive me of all my sins all my mistakes all my failures come into my life and be my savior my lord my boss my friend and my king and by your grace and by your power I will serve you for the rest of my life in Jesus mighty name and everybody said amen now secondly here's, we've got about 10 minutes left and I want us to create a culture and an atmosphere that lifts honor up to Jesus through our praise I want us to be a church and every time we gather together we lift our hands, and we lift our voices, and out of that honor as we do that, he becomes your healer, your deliverer, your rescuer. I want you to know that we wanna release, we wanna get rid of dishonor, we wanna get rid of that spirit of offense and, and build a culture of honor in our families, our lives, and this church. So I want you to know your praise will release God's power yeah. Just like it it did in, in Capernaum He healed everyone Some of you need healing today Some of you need deliverance today I'm going to ask older workers to come forward And as we sing this next song I'm asking you if you gave your life to Christ Tell somebody I'm asking you to get started In Fresh Start Get baptized in water But if you need a miracle today We want to release God's miracles By honoring Jesus in our worship. Let's worship Him now. Lift your hands and lift your voice.